Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Before we get into podcasts, please hit subscribe. I know I say it every week, but it just keeps the podcast going. And please share it with your mates if you liked it. Um, the more people that listen, the more likely this podcast keeps going. Um, it's a labor of love at this moment in time, but I love doing it and I love talking to all the artists um, that I get on and I hope you appreciate it. So podcast time and this week is the one and only Tim Green. I have known Tim's music for a very long time from early Dirty Bird days um, and I've seen his progression in the industry and his evolution of his sound over the years from the dirty bird to then the more techno and to where he's kind of sitting at this moment in time in the more organic genre of house of what of what he calls organic house um really interesting music very musical very listenable music as well um, signed to All Day I Dream and various other record labels in that genre. But it just feels really, really authentic to him. Um, so I thought I'd get him on the conversation or I'd get him on the podcast to have a conversation. Um, and I love this conversation. It's an hour and 45 minutes long. It's a good one. So um, without further ado, Mr. Tim Green, what's cooking, man? Uh, trying to stay awake is still what's cooking, I guess. Why? <laughs> what's, like, what's happening? What's going on? I don't on? know, just, um, my daughter, it just turned two and it's like still a total up and down world of, um, you know, when she decides to wake up or yeah. when she decides not to sleep and, you know, mixed with working at home, touring and everything else, you know, mm. so it's, um, it's all like erratic probably is the best best way to sort of say it. other than that like wicked all good how about you yeah i'm good man it's really interesting you say that because i obviously it was ad a couple of weeks ago when this comes out it's would have been it would have been like a month ago yeah. um but for me there was a huge topic of like everybody i saw it was like talking about kids and talking about either having kids and I guess like we're all at that age now where like we've all kind of got a bit older and everyone's having kids so it's like a conversation that everyone's talking about whether they want kids or whether they have kids or it's the best decision of their life etc etc and it's some... I hope it was all positive pardon I hope it was all positive and not like oh what did I do what, what did I do to my life having these kids and everything <laughs> I've got friends that have that have kind of said that though where they don't regret it but it completely changes their life to before to what it was beforehand. And they're kind of in situations where they didn't think they would be. But I think yeah. that's also naive to think that your life's not going to change when you you start looking after a human being. Exactly. How, how have you found it? Um, oh, just uh, honestly incredible. Like nice. the, 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 the negative sides of it are, are so irrelevant, you know, in, in, in balance to the to the positive side like 
um i i yeah it's completely changed my life but i i kind of thought it would anyway um i've never been happier i've never been more relaxed um the thing that i sort of tell everyone for me anyway is like it 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 sort of shuffled my life around in such a good way where before it was like you know you had all these things you wanted to do all these things floating around your mind every day you wake up you had all these things to do now it's just kind of like a, a pyramid yeah. my daughter's on top everything else below doesn't mm. matter <laughs> you know so it's just kind of like as long as she's good everything else will sort itself out you know and i'll just get on with it and it's just maybe more relaxed and with with everything to be honest because i just realized actually it's like i, I just kind of care about her and yeah everything else you know like it's and i'm not saying like i don't care about anything else but it's just like i i'm a kind of a natural warrior anyway mm. so Instead, I would um, now I, I I just worry less, and I just because I'm kind of like, well, it's all right, like it'll work itself out, and it does, you know, like worrying is just kind of a waste of a time anyway. So yeah, massively. It doesn't change anything. So I guess from people I don't have kids, but I I'm kind I guess from people that I've seen in the industry, there's two ways it can go. It can either really refocus you on on your career and go, okay, I've got somebody that I need to look after and pay the bills and kind of up my game or it goes you know what i don't actually want to be in the studio anymore i don't want to be doing this and it can kind of does the opposite and they go and do their own thing how yeah. how have you found it with with that oh i, I think i found it massive well yeah I, I, it didn't make me want to like stop doing music at all i think it definitely mm. focused me as well um i have less time yeah. you know that's a given that's an obvious thing yeah. so i think um that I think that kind of helps me. I think it kind of makes me sort of when I when I do get the time to get into a studio now it, in my studio, it's just kind of like um, it, I I just re I really have to focus on on what I need to do mm -hmm. and not spend you know seven hours tinkering on you know something that's not that important yeah. and just be like you know the, what's the goal? Finish the song. Mm -hmm. So finish the song. You know, like just just get on with it. Don't you know don't dream about it for so long sort of a thing so it definitely it's kind of helped me um from a muse point of view as well as i said i'm just like happier my you know my my, my daughter's wicked like I, I i love spending time with her i love being with her and equally the heart kind of grows fonder because like you know it's traveling a lot and like i miss her when i go away so when i come back it's also quite a, I, I think i'm i think i'm quite lucky that i kind of get to go away and come back you know totally. it's quite tough on my wife because she's 24 seven with mm. with our daughter and it's you know it can be tough you know like she has to go through a lot so i'm like massively thankful for her because she's you know it's um very forgiving for the fact that i'm a dj and able to sort of go away and get <laughs> a mini break you yeah, know i yeah. sleep more now when i'm on tour than when i'm at oh, home, wow. which is ridiculous yeah that's crazy absolutely ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't, shouldn't be that way around you know like but it, it is so um so yeah so no yeah so so once yeah to go back to your question yeah it's 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 really helped me and like i, I i'm just happier and I'm, I'm the sort of person also that's like when i have a kind of like a happy personal life it's i have a better you know work, work life. life or music yeah, yeah. life let's call it you know yeah i can massively relate to that if things are going on mentally for me like i struggle to write in the studio at all me too like it's yeah. a drag I, I just don't now nowadays yeah. so i'm just like yeah it's not happening there's no point in me trying because i'll get even worse because i won't be able to make anything good and then it will make me even more depressed and i'm like fuck this 
Yeah, you're, you're talking with it's a mirror, honestly. Yeah. It's exactly the same with me. And I'm and, and it's and it's knowing that now, isn't it? And mm. I, I do what you what you said. I'll, I'll walk away and I'll stop and I'll be like, I don't care. Like it's fine. If I yeah. if today's not a day when I'm able to write anything good or that I'm happy with, or I've, then and I, I always know it's what it's what you said. Like I've I've got something in the back of my mind, clearly, even if yeah. I don't know what it is yet, I've got to work it out. And then I'm like, I've, I need to get that done before I can I just need a kind of like a clear slate and a clean kind of a mind you know sort of um when doing music so yeah I, yeah it's it's I'm a really it's a weird industry as well because i think it's not just it's not a nine to five which you can not all the time i know i'm sure you have friends i have friends that like work their ass off in their nine to fives and it's not nine to fives it's like eight to eight if you know what exactly I mean. <laughs> but i think with ours because it's like we turned our passion into a career. I don't think that, I, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, it never switches off. And I literally had a, I had one of my mates over who I haven't seen in a while last night and we were just chatting and he was like, mate, your, your, your brain never stops, does it? And he was like, it must suck when you go to bed. And I was like, yep, it does. Cause it's like, <laughs> you go to bed and then you're thinking what you need to do or what aren't you doing, blah, blah, blah. Are you, are you still at that? point it where where like or if you now you have your daughter you have like other responsibilities that kind of mellows down a little bit um i think it's possibly mellowed down a little bit but mm. it's not it's not like it's still not comfortable yeah. <laughs> you know like i think it's still there i'm, mm. I'm the same as you like yeah I, ne I never kind of switch off um and it's a funny it's a funny thing isn't it like i don't know I don't know what's better, like, you know, if, if we want to compare the kind of, you know, the, as you said, like the normal day, nine to five, like job or something, I'm not sure if, because I think equally, we, we obviously kind of have a lot of freedom, mm. obviously, with what we do as well, you know, it's Massive. not like, so, you know, like, 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 I, like we just said, like, if we want to walk away from the studio because we're not into doing the music or whatever, or, you know, something's yeah. not working, then, then we do, um, when we don't have a, boss standing behind us saying wait you should be at your desk like yeah. get on with it so we do kind of have that freedom but yeah equally it's like the i guess again it's like the mental kind of the stress that that we put on ourselves um the pressure uh which is you know as we know is like to a degree quite healthy because mm. it can drive you but it's can also be kind of a, a detriment at times and um different with you know varies from individual to individual but i think it's not um yeah it's weird it's weird isn't it it's such a it's a, I, I, I think I, I mean i've never switched off from music in my life i no. think i've just always had that like just you know just complete gravitation towards music and mm. it's just it, you know it's been my life through and through so i guess i'm kind of used to it I don't know if that makes it better or not, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's just as long as you can manage it, right? As long as it's not overpowering everything where you're like actually not enjoying the process. Yeah. I think, and again, it can be hard because if you don't, in, the, you know, writer's block is a process, is a part where you don't enjoy the process. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's the thing where you just like, it can be really tough and, and, you know, I don't think of writer's block as just like, it's that full on, you can't write any music. There's so many in between gradients of like, oh, you, you can do stuff, but it's just not, you know, it's just not that good or it's not what you love or it's not how you 
you, you hear it or see it in your head sort of thing. So it's, it's um, I think, to have faith in yourself just to sort of continue doing it uh, and trust that, you know, you can do it is probably is probably what gets you through regardless, I do reckon. You, yeah, I just, that, some, like the fact that you just said that, do you think writer's block actually isn't a thing called writer's block? It's just a thing that you're trying to do something different that you haven't done before. Because I think for me is like, it's we. It's easy to say I've got writer's block, but it's like I could write a record that I wrote last week again, but I can't write what I've got in my head to progress forward. So is it the fact that it's writer's block or is it the fact that you're actually just trying to progress yourself as an artist and as a writer and as a songwriter like that? you just haven't got there yet. Just like training in the gym. Like I can't lift this weight yet, but in a month's time, I can lift this weight. I literally never thought of it that way. Um, I, 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 I think you're probably right. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I literally never thought of it like that. Um, it's not... Well, here's, here's like a caveat a little bit. Do you think there are artists out there that, there are some people that just try and write the same track every time. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's a terrible uh, thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, each to their own, you know, like. Whatever makes you own. happy. I, Will, I think your mic keeps on cutting up for some reason. Does it? Yeah, it's like really distorted, unless it's me. I think it's, it's fine here. Okay, maybe it's me. It might maybe be your dodgy, end. Maybe it's my dodgy headphones. Um, Keep my speech. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. we I think we're good. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about yeah, okay. cheap Yeah, I guess I guess that's the the thing, right? Is I I'll be honest, I don't I like to have a bit more faith, but I think there's at this moment in time there's a lot of people writing the same music to get somewhere rather than yeah. rather than writing music that they love. But I don't think that's because they necessarily love music. I think it's because they love the idea of being in the music industry. And I think it then takes them, it will eventually take them time to get to a point where they're making the music that they love. I think we, I, I've had that in, in my too. career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the whole part of the process. I think just nowadays it's more elevated because you could have a lot more success very quickly in this industry compared to what we did when we started. Yeah. Plus we're much more naked and visible nowadays due to social media, like your decisions are kind of quite quickly judged and reflected and discussed and worked out. Like if you do something slightly different to what you're doing now, even as a beginner artist, or if you know, you're still trying to find your path, people pick up on it. They're like, well, why are you doing this and not that? You know, it's like Mm -hmm. you're almost not allowed to make that decision unless you've got, you know, proper conviction or reason or something, you know, other than just being allowed to be an artist, you know, just be able to express yourself. Like we're not really allowed that option why easily. Do you, why do you think that is? Because people don't, people like to categorize. It's a problem with everything. Like yeah. people need to know what you are, what you're about, mm-hmm. what you do, what direction you are. And when people latch on, and also, you know, and I, I understand it. And when they, when people, I think we're all the same with, you know, any artist in any genre, when an artist starts to develop or change or go into a different, you know, direction or whatever, people dislike it. And but you'll start to get these different you have some who like it no matter what. Mm-hmm. And there'll be and then there'll be the ones that'll be like, no, it's not as, not as good as his earlier stuff or earlier yeah, stuff or whatever. Yeah. And then you know, 
that's you know through all the history artists have been like that you know bob dylan is a great example like, there's yeah. just so many iterations of bob sort of a thing where you know well not so many but like you know there's several sort of like the main ones that people talk about and um some people like all of it some people just like one some people and the other don't like the others or whatever but yeah people just kind of like they, they like a sound and they want to be able to have more of it you know people just want more of that mm. kind of a thing for because it, it you know music can make them feel good and take them to places and and everything else so uh, you know it's understandable like people want that kind of consistency to know you know that you're going to get something new or something more that's similar to what what they already like i guess totally. so yeah i guess we don't like change do we Really, <laughs> I, I guess I could like it was the same for me. I guess like growing up as a kid, like you you're listening to like an artist and then they bring out another album like two years later and it sounds completely different. You're like, no, I just want what you did before. Just give That's me it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. How know, it's funny. <laughs> how have you how have you found that? Because your sound has evolved massively over the years. Um to well as an outsider like please tell me if you think completely different but um like i first came across you when you released i think kitchen on dirty Mm. Dirty bird i actually still play that record sometimes because it's fucking amazing (laughs) (laughs) um if you haven't heard when did that come out like 2008 Oh, I'm so bad with years, but I think that sounds right. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was living in Ibiza at the time, and I would play it all the time. Such a good record. Um, <laughs> and to now, where your sound has kind of evolved into, I don't know how you would describe it, but I would describe it more melodic, kind of yeah. melodic house, melodic techno kind of vibes, but like the, on the good side of the spectrum rather than the trance that's being made at the moment. Um, like how have you I I think obviously like what we spoke about we all evolve as artists um, but what I really want to talk about is how do you or how have you um, like told the story to your fans and because people move with you and you you leave people and people come with you etc etc but I think the way you've done it is, is, is worked really well. Like, was there like a plan or were you just like, this is what I want to do and I'm just going to do it? Mm, there definitely wasn't a, I mean, it was a conscious decision. It was all natural, I guess, from the music side of things, yeah. uh, from a plan point of view, no, there wasn't some like grandmaster plan of how to do it or how to roll it out or anything else. Mm. It happened very gradually, and I think it it probably happened more gradu- gradually to me because it was obviously going on behind the scenes much more. I was probably still writing songs uh, which weren't necessarily what I was happy with, or just in terms of style, let's say, like it wasn't exactly my style. Um, and I'd already was changing like my kind of sound behind the scenes, but I wasn't necessarily releasing it or trying to pursue yeah. it so much. And, and I've done that I probably... I don't know, a few times in my mm. career sort of a thing. And because one, I get bored uh, and I like to try new things. I kind of want to do st- stuff differently. And, and two, because I kind of see scenes changing as well. Mm. So it, it is a bit of a conscious kind of a thing where I'm kind of like, oh, I'm not sure this is kind of for me or or 
to be more honest, I don't think a lot of these scenes were ever for me. Yeah. I don't think I ever completely, you know, fitted in somewhere and that's down to me and I think to do with the scene. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of like, I mean, I'm happy that you say that you think I've done it in a good way, but I, I think, um, yeah, I I didn't really announce a big change to too many people, or you know, I wasn't kind of like going on social media and sort of saying, okay, now this is the the sound that I'm doing. You all have to take a leap of faith, take a decision: are you with me or are you not? You know, it's not, yeah, nothing yeah. like that. It's just yeah. kind of like I just gradually did it. I just started releasing music more, which was getting closer to what I loved, um, the sort of sound that I preferred and felt more comfortable with. And and I think a lot, you know, just naturally, exactly as you said, like I think a lot of people got put off by it and left and probably weren't so interested anymore and, and then obviously got new followers and everything else and new fans. But I, I feel like I did it quite gradually, but just naturally because I was kind of transitioning anyway. Mm. So I didn't like quickly be like, okay, I'm now this kind of a sound. I was kind of like, you know, like for example, like when I was doing like more techno stuff on Cocoon and everything, I was like the least techno artist on that label. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I was like the honorary Cocoon member. You know what I mean? I was the black sheep of the of the Cocoon, which which I always knew, and and you know, we all everyone always knew it, sort of a thing. And uh, I was really happy to always work with Cocoon. I love working with them, but um. You know, it would be an issue when we like I, I go to gigs because I was never like that particularly hard. I yeah. was like doing very kind of like melodic and sometimes complex kind of melodic sort of stuff, which is, you know, there's a time and place for it, and it's not totally. always a cocoon gig sort of a thing, which is which it's, is totally it's not fine. always in a dark club with a bunch of German people, is it? Let's be honest. Not really. Not really. Yeah. You know, like um, at a certain hour, maybe, but you know, so and. But even then, you know, like people really appreciated it, but it just, it wasn't always like that perfect sort of setting for, yeah, to hear, to totally. hear my music, you know, like people yeah. liked it. People, there, there wasn't anyone saying, oh, this is shit or this is like just not, not worth it. Uh, you know, or you, it doesn't make sense or like, oh, it's boring, or whatever. Like people really liked it, but it just wasn't that, you know, it, it wasn't the same sort of energy as like the, you know, yeah. much of the harder techno. And it's just, just it was never my thing, you know. So, um, I was like sort of transitioning out of that just naturally again for the same reason because I was kind of like I I, I feel myself going towards more melodic yeah, sort yeah. of music because that's where I come from I'm a musician mm. played in bands you know I was growing up all in my life and and I just wanted to be able to do that more and so I just naturally gravitated towards what my ear was telling yeah. me to gravitate towards as in the more musical side of what I just call house music really. And it was just, it just made sense to me. And I think um, so many of my friends were already in the, you know, I, I you know, this organic house scene and everything. And, um, to, I, you know, I was, I was, I was speaking with, you know, people in that scene far more than I, you know, as, as friends and as yeah. peers, far more than I ever was in like this sort of techno scene. Yeah. Again, nothing, nothing personal, but it was just an obvious kind of like I, I have much more in common musically with totally. with some of these sort of people, and um, I was really hanging around with them. I was really sharing music with them. I was really starting to write music similar to that, and I was just edging that way kind of naturally. So it all just start sort of it did happen sort of naturally, mm. I, I would say. But it was it was clearly a it was a very conscious decision for me just to sort of 
move more into a direction that I was happy with. And it, and it, it just coincided pretty well, I think, with, you know, with uh, Organic House, I guess is the name that everyone's calling this nowadays. Oh, is that what they're calling it? That's what they're calling it. That's what they're cool. calling it. Yeah, that's the that's the beatport term. That's the <laughs> that's the uh, that's what everyone's calling it. So uh, I don't care. Again, like yeah. call it whatever you want. It's just a you know, it's a easy way to genre bracket you know bracket into a genre sort of thing, a subgenre. So it um, works for me. And uh, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just music that I'm I feel really comfortable with now that I can I can express myself more and more. And you know, yeah. And I think people, and I think. Going back to the sort of question, like, um, I think my, I think that's genuinely why it's worked is because I think more now than ever, I feel like people can, I think people can feel the, 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 uh, the honesty that I put into my music. It's, it's, it's me, you know, it really is me, yeah. like the music. It's really like something that I feel very happy with. And I think it gets reflected in the reaction of the, the people listening to it. Like more people seem to be, into what I'm doing now than what I was doing before, you know? So I think, I think, I think it's reflective. I, I think, think author, authenticity is something that people can really kind of see through, totally. see through you. And even if they don't know who you are, I think like how we hold ourselves as people when we're doing something that's not necessarily inauthentic, but just doesn't feel right. Exactly. And it's part of the, yeah. I think it's part of the journey in life in everything we do, whether that's, friendship groups whether that's your passion whether that's your job like there comes a point hopefully I, I hope everyone eventually finds what they're there for or their purpose for is is on this planet and yeah and also you got to remember that you you might not have one or it might not you might not need to settle on one it might change again in like a few years or something totally. like you know be, being authentic is obviously like not like one ultimate final sort of a thing. And I mean that personally as well, you know, like mm. you, you, people change, like totally. people, life, you get older, you know, like interests change and things change. So yeah, it's like, but you're right. Finding that authenticity about yourself is, it's, it's tough. And I think I probably re- imagine it's always like an ongoing, ongoing thing. I think. I agree for me, it is massively. Um, like, I guess I look at early parts of my career when I started on Dirty Bird and then, kind of moved away to do my to like do the more techno side of things which which was like almost a gateway for me to start my own label yeah which i knew that was the gateway but i needed to do the techno thing to kind of get away from the dirty bird thing to then bring it back a little bit and i can then be a bit more what i exactly i want to do yeah um it's funny isn't it like it's weird to does it when you look back at that like do you does it make sense to you like uh, or did it make sense to you at the time what you're doing or is it like now that you look back and think you you would have done it differently if you i'm an absolute psycho and plan everything <laughs> okay <laughs> so like everything that i do not everything but like nearly everything i do career-wise there's like either a goal set or a plan made to get to where i want to get to um so for me, let's talk, let's say, for instance, with the Dirty Bird stuff, like I had a really great career st- or start of career with Dirty Bird. Yeah. I, like I loved all the guys and still do, but musically I loved it at that time. Yeah. Like mid 2000s up until like 
2018, I was maybe 27, 17. I was loving everything that they were putting out. And I was just like, this is the shit, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then for me, musically, I think I started listening to tougher, tougher records and started to enjoy different music. And at that point, for me personally, the record label, and this is purely personal opinion, like it just wasn't doing it for me. I wasn't, mm. every time I'd get a promo, I'd be like, man, I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's nothing really interesting about this. Yeah. Um, and I felt that like every time I'd go in the studio, it's like, I can't make another fucking booty record. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's been DJ Dion and everyone else did it years ago. Why are we trying to redo it now? Um, so i was like okay i need to take myself out of the scene i need to work the fuck out what i need to do but i need to stop because i'm just going to be unhappy and it's not going to get me to where i want to get to um and i think also what i realized is when as much as dirty bird gave me a career it also holds you back when you're just related to one one yeah. one label and yeah. it's a specific sound isn't it let's yeah. be honest with dirty bird you know and so like some of the best fans in the world literally like die hard fans but i, I found that as well because i me was me was a little bit different me was kind of like a lot of my sound at the time crossed over into dirty bird but i was yeah. never like i was never like a huge like dirty bird fan like the the artists yes yeah but not like the label, like necessarily, like you know, like Justin and Claude and Christian and Worthy as well. Like they were just like they were making so many good records, but not only on yeah, Dirty Bird. Like they exactly. were doing some stuff elsewhere, which I really loved and it was really cool. And I, and again, I felt like a bit of an honorary member of Dirty Bird. I was probably like the least Dirty Bird artist <laughs> on there, like, which which again, I don't really don't mind. It worked, you know. I'm not. It would never change anything, and I loved it sort of a thing, but. I think that was the difference again for me. I it never really was like a true home for me because you know, yeah, again, like it's 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 a very American sound, you know, like and you know what yeah. it's like when you're English and come from somewhere totally different. Yeah. It's like it's not it's not really our it's not my kind kind of culture like growing up sort of a thing. Mm. That sort of that it's not like in me deep that kind of that that kind of American sort of a sound. So it's, it's a little bit different. Um, it's funny though, but yeah, I, I love them guys. They're I, th- I think for me though, it was like, I, cause I'm from like Bristol area, like the whole drum and bass thing, it kind of, it kind of, yeah. it kind of made sense for me at that time. Um, but I think that's the thing is like, also the, there comes a point where I just got to, I just wanted to do new things and I, and I felt the dirty bird thing and this I everyone listening that this is not me digging on dirty bird this is just me talking about my career totally, like totally. I love the label I love yeah. everything about them but like I was I'm British I'm English like I want to be playing in UK and Europe yeah. and there's certain record labels out there that hold you back from playing in those territories yeah because of your sound and dirty bird is one of the main ones in that situation where I had an amazing, I did it backwards. Like I had an amazing career in America, mm. but then couldn't even get a show in my hometown in the UK. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it was kind of like this crazy thing. And I was like, okay, how do I, Yeah. I sat back and fired my managers and started afresh. and was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to do this and work it out. And mm. 
it gets there eventually. You just have to, for me, it was just like, just have to do, I have to write music that I love again. Uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I mean. And kind of like what you, exactly the same, like what you said, the, that Dirty Bird sound, like, I think the only way you can continue, and that's not just Dirty Bird, this is like any kind of a label that has a collective that has a specific sound. You really have to have it in you right from like your roots right up to to now and everything yeah. where, you, where you're really that sound you're like this is so me this yeah. speaks to me and that's not to say what we did was wrong like being influenced by it and doing records that sound like it because we we got it and we put our own spin on edge on it and that's really interesting mm-hmm. but for the longevity of it when when that sort of sound wants to and should continue People like us are kind of like, well, I, I don't see, I don't see the what, what I can add to this anymore. Totally. Whereas there are artists that are still, you know, like Claude, for example, Barclay yeah. is like perfect example. Where he's like, he's still doing his thing, and people are loving it, and it's yeah. wicked. Like, and he still sounds exactly like him. Yeah. You know, he hasn't like had to go off and do something different, and that's amazing. But it's really in him. Like that is him. You know, that sound is him, and and that's the difference. You know, and I think we've like you have to go off as an artist to, to find what that is, whatever yours is. And yeah, as we said, like we hope that, you know, you, you do find it as, you know, or anyone, everyone out there sort of finds it eventually, hopefully. So. Well, I think it's also, uh, there's a level of what we were kind of talking about earlier is like, of like scene jumping. And I think it's really easy to, there's a, we all know there's a lot of artists out there that just jump onto what's hot. Mm. but i i don't i don't know i'd like to get your thoughts on that but like do you think it actually becomes do you think it's successful do you think you can become successful doing that or do you think it's just like I think, uh, yeah i think you can um each to their own mm. i don't know I honestly i don't know i, I guess you know it brings kind of back to mind what we said about writing tracks like if you're trying if some if there are people out there that just write the same track and over and over again like i, I don't you know kill me i don't commit suicide for something over that yeah. it's ridiculous you know like i just i need to try something different like i can't keep on doing the same thing and you know but some people really love just to keep on nailing like bangers or whatever or just you know things that just really similar to what they're doing and you can't argue with that like if that's what they want to do and they enjoy it and they're just like i just want this track to be like every time banging 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 i don't care don't care like it's dj fodder whatever yeah that's 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 the reason you know Mm -hmm. if they want to do it and they're happy with doing it that's fine and if they just want to jump around every label and just and change their sound to whatever's current and just have another banger and have another like you know i can't argue with that but i just you know i i personally can't i can't do that and um i, I just yeah I don't, it's not it's not um it's not creative enough for me see you it's know, really just, interesting you say that because like for me it's like it's something that i'm i struggled with more so like after covid because like i spent so much time writing during covid but for me the 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 whole banger mentality which i can hold my hands up and say that that's my life if you know what i mean i've spent Mm. my life writing trying to write bangers yeah it's the way the music gets released for me is that the Mm. thing that i struggle with the most is that like nowadays it doesn't necessarily allow you like if you want a record to, to be successful like it has to fit in this like something it has to fit somewhere 
for it to do mm. to, for it to be successful and that's not saying that people don't like it it's just saying that the parameters of where we release music they it has to fit so they can playlist it so they can do whatever they do to it how how did you find that because i, I was listening to your music today and it's it's very listenable it's not like okay this is purely just club records it's very listenable music and there's something i love about that yeah um how did you find that whole kind of process of like releasing it and almost kind of it's almost not necessarily just a, like marketed to club people to ravers it's like almost like you can listen to it doing the dishes if you know what i mean yeah correct yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly but i think that was um well, first of all, I think, you know, again, like being with Lee Burridge and All Day Dream yeah. and sort of being friends with Lee for, I, I worked it out the other day, it was something, I don't, like, I don't know how many years we've known each other, but I think it's something like 17 years or something, wow. um, like, or 15, I don't know, like, long, long time we've known each other. He's always supported my music and stuff, but we, and so we've always been friends, and I've sort of, you know, I, I was going to, like, All Day Dream parties right from the beginning when, he, when Lee first started them and everything as, you know, as a as a punter, as a friend and hang out with Lee and that music's always interested me like the let's say the lighter side of the house music and yeah. like the daytime sort of stuff and something that's that it doesn't revolve around the, the night starting with a warm-up DJ and then at the end it's just peak 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 oh my god this is it this is kind of like a journey where it could go in any direction it could could start off really hard and yeah. go like super chilled towards the end you know it's up to whatever whatever we want to do um and so I always quite liked that, um, that sort of mentality, but, and that's what I've, you know, that's what I found with Lee and all these other artists that is, we, we sort of have a similar mentality that it, it is possible. I, and I still believe this to fuse quite a lot of music in with, uh, you know, beats and, and, you know, something that's danceable. I think you can have both. It's extremely tricky to try and find what that balance is yeah. and where's the line you can go too far one way uh, musically you can definitely go too far one way like it could be too much music for yeah. you know like for the person on the dance floor because it's just kind of like well i need like you know who knows what they're on who knows what they've taken yeah, or yeah. how much how drunk they are or whatever like it can put you know it can put people in the wrong place if it's too over the top and it, it can kill the mood or whatever so totally. it's a kind of a challenge i quite like that but again i think it's me finding a sort of a genre and a sound that I I feel where I can put a lot more musicality in this and instrumentation much more than I found anywhere else mm -hmm. within dance music, but it's still something danceable. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's not for every raver, let's say we're, we're, we're getting so many more and more followers all the time and more people interested in the parties are like ever growing and it's incredible. So it's kind of like people switch either a switch their mind or want something a little bit different, or maybe they're a bit older yeah. and they want something different, you know, um, practically as well. It's, you know, Leo has said as well, when he was doing the, the audio dream parties, he kind of wanted a daytime party where his older friends who are now parents who have kids yeah. can come along and still be home by 11 or 12 PM, you know, and wake up the next day sort of thing. So you know, it's functional almost as well, if you think about it and, um, and it all kind of ties in together. But I think for me musically, yeah, it's, it's just given me the sort of freedom to, to, to be able to put as much music in and experiment, 
because yeah. I'm still trying to work out like how musical can I get things and and I, I love it I've gotten away with way too much sometimes <laughs> than I think <laughs> you know like, and, and people are still like raving to it and stuff so I'm like okay I'm I'm doing something right you know and it's quite interesting it's people, people are really enjoying it you know people are specifically a lot of people a lot of fans are like saying to me like please don't stop doing what you're doing like I you know people are picking up on what I'm doing mm. kind of specifically with in terms of like what I'm doing with the songs and the instrumentation I'm putting in there like all the people can hear my influences you know everything from jazz and classical mm. and, and everything else and just like putting it all in there and me just experimenting and, I, and, I'm, and, I, and I'm really lucky that people are kind of responding to it because it could have not worked you know yeah, it could, yeah. have been, could be quite bad um how does it feel the fact that people are actually digging it and now you're at the point in your like career where you're like i'm doing what i love and it's people are digging it just pure happy like yeah. honestly like like yeah just like so happy it's just it's really nice like it's just um it it's it's so rewarding you know and I, i've yeah, social media is wicked for this you know just to be able to connect with fans and stuff like and then you know they come along to gigs and then i chat with them and they can connect with them afterwards as well yeah. and everything and it's just and just hearing like people's thoughts it's like it's it's genuine you know it's not and i know I, I guess i feel it's genuine also because i know the effort that i put into these songs and how much yeah. i've kind of like time and my you know my blood sweat and tears and everything has gone into it that when they turn around and specifically say you know this section of the song or this i heard this or it reflects that and my time in my life and helped me get through i've had so many people say like this song has helped me got through this bad time and you know especially during covid as well like obviously a lot of stuff happened mm. and you know when people say that it's just it's like the ultimate reward it's just kind of like i just i'm so happy that just something that i created and put out there and become um you know more important to someone else than it than it can be to me you know like this yeah like the the i kind of believe also that there's you know a song can have much more meaning to someone else than it can be to me and uh, i don't know how you feel about that but when you release music i kind of feel like this is not mine anymore yeah yeah. i mean it's it came from me but it's kind of like you you know this is what anyone else kind of how they want to respond to and how it how it affects them that's up to them you know positive or negative i don't know about you but i like when i'm writing in the studio i don't really think about like what people are going through and how this is going to affect them and how this can help them like for me this is purely is this record the best i can possibly make it 100 (laughs) percent. me too yeah me too yeah yeah no i'm never i yeah is that a selfish thing? I don't think it's a selfish thing, is it? It's just we're getting on with the job at hand, I guess. I think, I think it's not. I think realistically it's about we want to be the best at who we possibly can be at that time totally. of, of, in that time of life. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think that's, that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think by, it's, it's quite, I don't know. Cause I know you write songs, like actual songs with, under like another alias Inv- is it invisible minds yes yeah so like <clears throat> i don't know how you f- is that you singing as well uh i can't remember i so invisible minds i don't do anymore and it was a one-off kind of a project yeah. which was in my mind it was 
it was what I thought as a a live band project, let's yeah. call it that, like a proper band sort of project. The music that you can go and listen to, the the album that I released, um, that's all me. Pretty much that's all me apart from the guest vocalist. So, like, all of the music is me, written, performed, recorded, etc. But the vocalist, I don't know if there was a song on there with my voice or not. Yeah. It's so long ago. I may maybe one or two but it, they're, they're like tiny vocals and yeah, they're like yeah. for, for the for the proper vocals no it's guest vocal guest okay. vocals because i guess that's the thing is like for me is maybe if i was releasing records with my voice on and like like when i have a singer i i write the lyrics with the singer or with a writer but for me it's like more so how do we make the best song rather than me trying to get my feelings across but i think if it was more of a, a much more personal project to me where like i'm writing a song i'm singing a song i'm producing a song and then i'm letting it out and that song's about my mm. long my long lost lover or something yeah. maybe i think that would be a little bit more personal to me um and maybe i could talk about what that song's about for me um but I think with what I do now, it's just, just have it. <laughs> yeah. Go, go do what you want. Yeah, no, I, th- I think mine's kind of a mix, uh, an in-between mixture mm. of what you described and then like, let's say a vocalist or whatever, because it's, I, I I agree with you. Like, I don't think I, it's as personal because yeah. it's definitely not, you know, because it's, yeah, like lyrics and a, and a human voice is, there's uh, a lot less interpretation to be had, isn't there? You can kind of like, you know, lyrics say a lot. You yeah. can kind of read them, work, listen to them yeah. and be like, okay, I think, I think they mean this. I'm pretty sure they're talking about that. Whereas a song, just an instrumental or something is kind of like, that's total like, interpretation. Like, yeah. yeah, who knows what they're trying to think. But I guess with the music that I'm doing now, because of the more musicality that's involved and, and the softer sort of side of it and the more instrumentation and everything, it's, it's definitely edging towards that where I have songs which uh, specifically I, you know, when I play them, I, I feel the emotion that I was feeling at the time. Yeah. And I never used to have that mm. because they were, I was writing more stuff that was just kind of like, this is going to be a wicked track. This yeah. is going to be cool. This is like a banger or something, yeah, yeah. you know, like, whereas now I think I'm, you know, I'm in touch more with that kind of like the, I guess the deeper and emotional side that um, I have moments in there that, yeah, that definitely to me, it, it it's a very, it, not, but not all of them. Like the, the certain records to yeah. me, which are extremely personal. You know, extremely kind of mm-hmm. like. And, and I'm a very nostalgic person anyway. And I've actually, like my the biggest thing that I always kind of draw upon when in the studio is like past memories or yeah. past feelings. Not like something specific, but just kind of like a like a past feeling that I like that I, I don't know, that I had, it, it could be anything from like hanging out with friends years ago, like a moment or a, a trip away or something, you know, just be, there's a feeling or something there, which I can, I always like to kind of like hold on to. And I just yeah. kind of use that as a bit of a like positive um, stem, you know, or something just to kind of draw upon. So, and, and those songs then remind me of that kind of yeah. memory or feeling sort of yeah. thing so, so it does get a little bit personal but yeah i agree with you i don't think it's as much as if i was if i you know like a singer would or something yeah. i think that's quite that can be very revealing i guess i've always loved to i've always loved the idea of releasing like 
of me singing, like just just going in with like a proper writer as well and like actually just being like, okay, I can't sing for shit, but still like let's try it and let's just see how it feels to kind of yeah. put music out that's like put that emotion yeah. onto yeah. into something. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's I think it's scary, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's really scary. I think I think for any kind of a songwriter that that is able to be in touch with those kind of you know and reveal those personal mm. feelings to you know especially people who are huge artists that really you know put it all out there i think yeah. like that's and some balls you know like that's that's really like that's doing it proper <laughs> yeah and you can really feel it like like let's say for instance like on the biggest scale like bon Iver and taylor swift that record mm. exile and you like really listen to the lyrics and you're like, this is dark as fuck. Like this is a dark record. And also that's my interpretation on that record. It could be like, I don't know if you, do you know the record? I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could be like about the best breakup of their life because they're finally leaving each other. But it yeah. could also be the worst part of one of their lives. Like you never know. So I guess it's like, how do I put my life onto that record? How can I relate to that record using my life? And I think that's yeah. the thing that a lot that I guess, yeah, I guess since this conversation, I've never really thought about it because I've had the same situation with you where like people on social media are like, oh my God, this record's got me through really tough times. And yeah, like, I don't know, records for me haven't gotten me through tough times, but there's records that I remember certain periods of my life and I'm yeah. like Frank Ocean record, like the first Frank Ocean record for me. Like I remember exactly what happened at that time when that came out. Like I split mm. up with like a, a long-term girlfriend. I moved into a new house. Like I was loving life. It was like the best time of my life. Cause I was like, <laughs> let's, let's do it. Not yeah, saying yeah. that that relationship was bad, but it was actually great. Yeah, yeah. But like it was, a, it, was a, it was a very transitional time in my life. And every time I listened to Frank Ocean, it reminds me of that. Yeah. But I, th I guess so. I guess we have all of, we all have that. Do you have anything like that where you're like, this record was so many? Yeah, absolutely. So many. My my earliest, earliest one, which is just like my favorite, which is I think it's my favorite song ever because it's, um, again, it's, I'm so nostalgic about it. It's the track Valerie by Steve Winwood, mm -hmm. you know, like the, which is the Call of Me Prince sample. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Um, but that the original is just like, I mean, I mean, my. My dad, my parents are a really big Steve Woman fan, and I just remember having listening to that. We went on a holiday. I think it was like to, it wasn't somewhere too far. It was just like a car like caravan holiday or tenting holiday or something like to Somerset or something like this. I don't remember. Yeah, just uh, just yes. I, I I still have exactly the same image of like, and I, I've spoken to my parents about this more recently to to define exactly what if if what I remember is true and they confirmed, yeah, that's hundred percent true. And it was basically me waking up in the car and the sunrise coming up and then uh, us pulling over to stay somewhere because we'd driven through the night, basically mm -hmm. it would happen. And I thought it was kind of like, you know, a, you know, a, a, a fake kind of like memory yeah, or something. Yeah. And it wasn't until like, I think it was like three or four years ago, I asked them about it. They're like, no, no, that's hundred percent true. And yeah, that song, we were listening to Steve Winwood. It was the only tape we had in the car. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, there we go. So like, you know, it's like those things do, you know, yeah. work. Those, the you know, the songs and the memory are, you know, completely, you know, attached themselves to mm -hmm. each other, which is, which I think is amazing. So have you, when you're, when you go into the studio, have you like tried to, 
obviously what you were saying about kind of recreating those feelings. Have you ever like gone into the studio with a record and go, I really love this record and I really want to make a record that's very similar to this and got to a point where you're like, I just physically can't do it because <laughs> it's <laughs> so hard. <laughs> You mean can't do it because it's so hard to copy the original, or, or yeah. can't do it because I because I am copying the original? Because it's the, the what you said first time. It's... Yeah, um, I don't. I think every time I've kind of gone in with that mentality is I've never I've never seen it through, or it's I've, I've always then started to divulge off into yeah. my own kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's been a really great way to, as an inspiration to yeah. start. But I'd then very quickly be it would just turn into just turn into me, you know, like I just you know, um I think that's quite I think that's quite nice as well. Like you kind of think of it like if you I don't know, like if like if you're given the like if if you never heard you know, it's like the obvious thing, like if you never heard, I don't know, one more time by Daft Punk, but you were given all of those samples like the raw samples, like the original yeah. ones, not like, yeah. so it sounds like one more time. You would not be able to make one more time. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or like, you know, any any kind of classic kind of a song. Yeah, everyone would do it differently, you know, as we know sort of things. So it's kind of like, I just think that, yeah, I, I, I do it a lot. I just, I just have like a, a record or a song that I'm like massively influenced by and, I, and, I'll, and I'll be like, oh yeah, it's really cool. I'm going to do something similar to that. But then quite easily I'd be like, oh yeah, but it, I'm, you know... I'd be listening to like a jazz record or something and I'd be like, oh, I love that kind of what they do in that. And I'm like, well, maybe I could do something yeah. in this song. So, you know, it's kind of, like I'm always fusing little different ideas to, together. Mm. So, yeah. Do you listen to a lot of jazz? Not as much as I used to, because I'm, but yes, but mm. I, I'm kind of stuck in my old kind of jazz that I kind of grew up with, with, with my dad sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, which and and then a few newer sort of things when I get the time, but I don't explore. I'm not I'm not like a jazz aficionado or anything, you know. And I don't really go out there and try and find. I I sort of know my the ones that I know and, and listen to regularly and find a few new ones, but yeah. but not much. But it's a it's a really big part of what I like. But you know, I think it's more. I think it's probably more me being a guitar player and the sort of stuff that I was learning. Growing up, the, a lot of it was jazz as well, and um, I'm a guitar player person, so mm. I, I'm a musician person, like drummers and guitarists and, like, all kind of, like, session players and everything. Like, it just, I, I'm obsessed with, like, in any kind of genre. I just find them fascinating. So I've always, that's that's usually my kind of a thing. It's like I listen to a lot of music for its uh, technicality and kind mm. of um, craftsmanship from, from musicians, you know. Yeah, it's... I think as, I don't know about you, but as a producer, it's actually something that kind of not ruined music for me, but kind of changed the process of how I look at records. And rather than a lot of the time, rather than actually listening to records, because I love the records, it's me listening to records to work out how they actually did it. Mm. Is that similar for you? I think so, but yeah, I, I guess probably, yeah, I guess so. But it didn't, nothing got ruined. I think again, I would just, I'd start to, 
I'd start to look into how they. I mean, what? Give me an example of what what you know one for you. I don't think it. I, I think ruins the wrong word, but I think it changed. Like, it just changes the, the whole process to me. For me, it's like let's just use that exile record for me. Yeah. It's like I'd love to actually go deeper into the process of how they made that record, and like. It, yeah, if you look at it on an outside perspective, it's very easy. It's a few chords and a song. But we all know that it's not that simple. And we all know that the process didn't go down that route. And how did they process the vocals? And how did they process the piano and, and all of that? And that's for me is like something that I, I love. I love trying to work that out. And I love going into the studio and going like, okay, let me try and work this one out of how they did that. Mm. Um, or like... I write for other people sometimes and a couple of weeks ago I, I had somebody in the session and I was like, okay, this vocal is so, this vocal gives me a feel of like this record. So let's go and not recreate this record, no, like the, the original yeah. record, but like let's go do something similar and mm. get this. So we get the same feel because we know that record was extremely successful and it's not necessarily there's not necessarily one part of that record that made it successful. It just was the feeling of that record. So how do we recreate that feeling? And I think that's for me is like, especially listening to electronic music, I'm like, how did they do it? Like for me, Maceoplex is like the one for me where I'm like, yeah, I just don't know how the fuck he does that every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess on, on my... Oh, something similar to that. I guess it's quite the same, actually. But um, Bon, bon Iver is like literally one of my favorite artists, yeah, like ever, 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 ever. Like obsessed with him, and um, specifically like the last two albums were like ones that I just, mm. you know, which is which is surprising because when I when I when I first heard both of them, I, I actually wasn't into them when when they came out. Yeah, and then I'd see him on tour, and I'd be like. God, these are the best songs ever written in the world. Like, it's just so, so good. And, like, and it sort of, like, switched weird. Like, I think Bon Iver's a good example, actually, going back to what we were saying before. Yeah. Like, you can listen to his first album, and then afterwards, you'd be like, oh, I just want the guitar. Yeah. And the <laughs> but he's just so good. Like, he yeah. just sounds, you know, he's incredible what he does now. Um, so, yeah, those two, like, I've really become obsessed with the recording process of those two albums and what they did and to the point now where I've read so many interviews with everyone involved in the making of those albums, yeah. including, you know, Justin as well and everything. And, uh, I, and I'm fascinated by it. And I just, I, I do, I, so I kind of do what you're saying because I get it. Like it's, I, I, I basically kind of, you know, we we'll sit down and do something. And this is what's happened, uh, happened on my, on my last release actually on the track Sequoia, the second one, there was, there was a moment where I, I put in this like sax, it's got this sax kind of a loop in it, which is really rare. Like I, I would never usually put a saxophone in, in a track because I'm not a fan of saxophone necessarily. You know, head, it's like, head candy circa. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. As it's screaming, you, you know, you think really, yeah. so, but this is kind of, you know, this is definitely a little bit more, uh, alternative i guess a bit more jazz sort of a thing tasteful, so tasteful in your yeah, in your yeah, opinion tasteful yeah, yeah tasteful yeah and so uh and that really reminded me of a part in uh 
uh, one of the tracks on, I think it was on 22 million on, on Boniver's album. Like later on, kind of just you know, like some of the wistfulness kind of a sounds that he manages to get, like it, especially at the end end of some of his songs. Yeah, it just feels like this beautiful melancholy song that's trailing off, and you hear these little glimpses of like nice piano. Yeah, and I'm and so I'm like, oh god, I love that piano. What piano does Bonavol use? Okay, so I'm looking, I'm like, okay, watching videos, seeing him in the studio, I'm like, okay, piano's like, okay, right, I got that. So I'm like, okay, so this type of piano from this country from that era yeah. i'm like okay um should i go and buy one or should i actually <laughs> should i should i start to like find samples that is like should i i'm gonna, I'm gonna try and i'm gonna try and create that sound yeah and so I, I go down that path and then the same with like you know like the saxophone sort of thing and i'm like i'm like how does it sound on the bonobo record or, or like it also reminds me of a sting record where there's mm. a sax sort of a sound um tenor sax and, and i'm like okay i'm gonna try and mimic that because i know it that's the sound that i'm after because yeah. it's kind of like what i'm drawing my influence upon so yes from a geeky kind of like studio point of view i'm i'm obsessed with that stuff yeah. like i i am like i i latch onto something and i'm just like oh, i you know i make like documents out of like okay oh, wow. he, this person uses that he uses that he uses that he uses that and i'm like i don't i'm not going to go and buy all of it because mm-hmm. i don't need to but I, it's it helps you understand the, the process of what yeah. they've done or what or what's potentially going on to to get that sound and you can usually recreate it but again i'll start to go and recreate it and, I, and i'll quickly find something else and i'll be like that's wicked like i yeah, like that yeah, yeah i'm not i'm not desperate to recreate it it's just it's given me really nice inspiration to you know to to get to a happy place i guess you know? yeah i think it's the process of trying to recreate it gets you to another point of recreating it where you're not actually recreating it you're just doing you're again you're going back to being yourself as an artist and you're like okay well this is what tim green would do as an artist exactly yeah. exactly that's the thing and i think um there are some people out there that just that don't need to do that they can just sit down and they, they can hone it and craft it and, and yeah. they know exactly what they kind of want or either that or they just they're just happy and they don't care <laughs> they're just gonna like oh that works you know i don't know you know but um yeah no, just... i'm i'm the same i'm similar to you i'm a huge like feels type of person whether that yeah. like i love soul funk and soul is like one of my favorite kind of genres and i think most people probably are able to get that from my music because i sample yeah. a lot of it really um yeah but like for me it's like how do like that for me that was m- the most perfect era of music it was like the most or auth- not authentic but like the most real time for music for me personally where it's like you just have a bunch of people just writing amazing records and like they were all so successful like bear in mind yes they didn't necessarily have the most successful careers because of the way the industry was set up and mm. the po- political side of it but like they were all unbelievable musicians or unbelievable singers or unbelievable writers whereas it you had to be good to to get through it wasn't a case of like you you had like a good social media following or yeah, whatever. Or whatever, yeah. yeah you, you had to be really fucking good Mm. um i just yeah i I love that era but like again for me it's like i'm i'm changing the process of how i write at the moment and it's very much okay let me go write a funk and a soul and funk a funk and soul song let me completely write no electronic records 
and then take that f- record that I've written and then turn it into a, a club record. Exactly. And, and it's changed like everything for me. It's made me not want to write club records to a certain level where it's like, okay, I'm putting a kick drum on it, but I'm not really writing a club record to it. It's like, how have you find that? Because I think with like what you say, organic house, it's feels like the parameters are a lot wider than everything else. Yeah, massively. And I think that similar to what you said just now, like my Invisible Minds project, the band thing, it's kind of a similar thing. It was like a little bit of, you know, I always did that as a, intention to like a you know ticking off the list i I I always wanted to do a live band and that was it and i had i had like the time of my life doing it It was just so much fun Mm. and but it it was that beautiful escape to to try just just to do something different to to do something that's and it and it made me learn so much about writing music and playing music live and then i I, it completely fueled back into the Mm. what i'm doing and and I think that's why I'm where I'm at. And that's why, yeah, Organic House, I just think it's, it has just got such a, yeah, wider sort of possibilities, I think, to it. The, the, the goalposts are, are wider or whatever. I don't know what it is. Like, there's more, we're given more room to hang ourselves with or something. Like, yeah. it's just kind of like, it, it's just got that, you know, I guess the parameters are just a little bit more open rather than, and maybe it's got a lot to do with the fact that it's a newish genre or sort of a sound that it hasn't been chiseled away by so many different artists yet mm. <laughs> to the point where it, it's like, no, that's organic house. You know, I guess it's maybe still finding its way or something. Um, but, you know, it's it massively speaks to me to be able to just, as I said to you before, like just trying to put in as much musicality as possible it just allows me to do it. Like, I just think, yeah. My view on it is that it's not actually about, oh, why is Siri coming up? (laughs) Um, My view on it, and this is just an outsider point of view from, from, for your genre. So this is, please tell me if you think I'm wrong. But I think because, it doesn't feel like there's any, like, this isn't made for a moment. This isn't made for a purpose. So this isn't made for five o'clock in the morning. This isn't made for a massive festival. This isn't made for a, a tiny venue. This is purely, we're just writing music that people want to listen to. And I think that's what allows the parameters to be a lot wider because it doesn't have to fit like that's my view on it i think i think you could be right you could be wrong as well because i don't i don't know i really don't know but it sounds right to me that's the way that i think about it Mm. that's the way but that's just my music i honestly i'm i'm i guess i'm still being a little bit selfish and i'm not thinking about trying to create or add to this organic house scene necessarily. I'm really trying to do my own thing, and I and I and I hope that as many people get enjoyment out of it as possible. That's literally it. But I do think of it that way that I just kind of think I'm just trying to write music, really. Mm. Or stop. It just happens to be within dance music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's yeah. that's just kind of the way I think about it. Um, 
I said this recently to someone else, I think actually in an interview or something, but I, I might even be in the wrong genre of music. You know, I don't even know. Maybe I shouldn't even be bothering to try and work in dance music. Maybe yeah. I should, maybe I should be doing something else, but I absolutely fucking love dance music. Yeah. So, and it's a, it is a challenge, as I said, to try and fuse as much musicality into, into these tracks as possible. Um, which I enjoy. I enjoy that kind of a challenge. It's, it's yet again something. I think we need challenges, and I think we need to do stuff that's a bit different because it, you know, creates more creativity. I think, yeah. you know, much like what you said, like you went off and you know did a funk soul record. Like yeah. that's that's a challenge. You know, that's that's hard to do, but you learn so much from doing it rather than just trying to write dance music. You know, like I, I've said this a lot to to. Um, I don't know if you know, but like during COVID, I was doing a lot of um, like what I call consultation sessions. Where okay. I was like no, I doing didn't know this. on um, on uh, do you know Sound Better the platform? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was yeah, yeah. I put myself on there during COVID and was doing a lot of consultation sessions, just where like I would basically say to people, look, if you want to do a session with me, like we can do anything, anything you want, like yeah. just track feedback right up through to specifically working with our DAWs open and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Helping finish songs, write melodies, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if people got annoyed with me either. I, I guess it depends on the people. But I, I, I'm always talking probably more than doing because I'm always trying to tell people as much as possible. Like, you need to think about what you're doing yeah. musically. You need to have conviction in what you're doing. I don't think it makes sense to sit down and just be like, okay, 16 bars, I need to do the intro, okay, yeah. then, then eight bars, we do a little breakdown, and then it's like 32 bars of this, and the synth comes in, and it's just like, it's like I'm bored already. Like, yeah. you, know, you need to have a voice, you need to have something to say. So, yeah, if it is, if you grew up listening to hip-hop, then put that in, put something that you love in there. If you grew up listening to classical, then, you know, write classical, and then just put a kick drum underneath it or whatever. You know, just try and do something different, and, but try and draw upon what you're doing. When you try and just... You know, as we know, when you when a copy becomes a copy and another copy copy, it just gets weaker and weaker. Yeah. You know, so you kind of need to do your own thing and just you know make it as as uh, as unique as possible and as real as possible. You know, I think it's just much much more important um, to do that. And uh, yeah, so that's why I was always telling people just like just try and try and try and do something, <laughs> try and do something you know different. Just don't just try and like. Yeah, stop watching YouTube tutorials where they, it's all about production and yeah. like how to produce and how to produce. Like, yeah, it really annoys me. Like, it's so many of these, every single channel talks about producing, how to produce production tips. No one's talking about how to write dance music. Well, They're not talking about how to write a song. I'll be honest, just, like, sorry to butt in, but I have to say it, but I think it's because... <sighs> This is going to piss a lot of people off, but <laughs> I, I don't think the people that are teaching you how to produce on those channels are actual people that are writing music. <laughs> be right. They're, they're very yeah, talented. They're, they're very <laughs> talented engineers. They're yeah. not. They're not the producer writer. And like, I wouldn't class myself as a very talented engineer, but I can write music as the same as you. I'm sure. Like mm. your writing skills are. I'm sure your engineering skills is great, but I'm sure your writing skills is a lot better and you worry about yeah. your writing way more than the engineering side of it. 100%. And I think that goes back to what we were saying right at the beginning is about being authentic of who you are. Like, yeah. are you 
somebody that is really geeky and just wants to be a really good engineer and wants to be able to like mimic everybody and if you are then that's great we all need people like you 100 percent, yeah or are you somebody that wants to be a writer uh i wouldn't say saying true artist is disrespectful because i feel like an engineer is an artist as well in their own in their own way but i think I somebody that writes songs and doesn't look to recreate i think that's the difference 100 percent. and yeah. I, I i don't think you can teach that no well no i guess not but at least people should be saying it <laughs> you know instead yeah. of instead of like because I, I, it feels to me like there it's like i think people will go much further and i'm t- I, I guess i'm talking about you know newcomers or whatever like they would go a lot further if 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 they spent half the time on production and half the time on music, let's 100%. say at least, because you do have to learn, you know, as we know, production is extremely important and you have to have it. And a song can be ruined by bad production, yeah. but like you no one turns around and says, Oh, have you heard that, that new song by such and such? Like the production is amazing. The song's fucking shit. Production. Amazing. Love yeah. it. Like no one says that. No. Like it's like, the, it's the song. Like, And no one turns around and says, God, this song's so good. But the production's like, Oh, just so naff. They just feel like it's a banger. Like I'm hundred yeah. percent going to play that. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like, cause it's got the, it's got genuine, you know, authenticity coming through and, and the listener can hear it, you know? Mm. Um, I think so, that's, yeah, I just, I think that's the, the, the class, the amazing thing about the beginning of house music of how, if we if you look at the production side of value like even like this is no disrespect at all this is absolute like armin van helden you go and yeah. listen to some of his old records and you're like sonically these sound shit oh, yeah <laughs> but yeah they fucking are amazing records yeah exactly you, you didn't have production no. levels of different levels of like you know it was hit or miss mm-hmm. back then you know and like no one as we know like technology was so different back then they were not most of them were not then getting passed over to like a don studio engineer who was like making everything sound yeah. awesome because it was still quite underground well, for the for the most part anyway but um yeah it wasn't it wasn't important and even for us like when we started like there wasn't any youtube channels telling teaching us how to produce or to do anything sort of thing it's flooded now yeah absolutely flooded but i I do think yeah drawing exactly what you said like the earlier sort of stuff like you it's it's still wicked it's still great like because it's good songs it still gets played still gets sampled like and this is the thing it's like it's really interesting you say that because i've never really put i've never really thought about that 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 people are good producers and not looking at the writing or not looking at how good. And that makes complete sense. I guess I'm sure you do. I get sent so many records that I, my response is like the production's fucking great, but the song is not. And that's my personal opinion. Somebody else might love that song, but still like, you know, a good song when you hear a good song, whether it's in your genre or not, like, yeah, I did like a listening session for somebody the other day or for like a, a bunch of people. And like, there was like a couple when you're like, this, this has got beans. Like, this is fucking dope. It's not there yet production wise, but it's dope. And then, yeah, thinking about it. And then there's other records that are like produce really well, but are shit records. Yeah, that's the thing. 
it's a hard thing, and it's it's a hard thing to get that balance. Like yeah. that's when we know we've hit, you know, found gold. It's because you've you've managed to produce a track that's just like flawless, and you've got a song which is like catchy as well and hits all the right things. That's when you're just kind of like, oh, that is that's it. Like yeah. I'm I'm so proud of myself to be able to do something like that, you know. And it doesn't happen all the time. There's always, you know, as we know, we're never 100 percent happy with our records, mm. like ever. There's always something there which we think we could have done different, but you have to let it go after, you know, after a certain point, otherwise you'll never finish it. But you know, at least to get them, you know, the music side there. I'm still I'm still like a victim of it as well. There's definitely records that I've done where I'm I think they could have been better, yeah. but I'm still happy to release them because I still yeah. like them, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, it's it's definitely, yeah, production's definitely gone up, yeah. as we know, for every reason, technology and, and people. Like, there are producers, new producers nowadays, but the producers are like, that sounds so good. Yeah. Like, so, so good. I don't even know how they did it, but... I think it came out of the whole, um, like, for me, from looking back, it's like the whole Dead Mouse and Skrillex era, where I don't know if, about you, but like, for me, Dead Mouse's sound, songwriting and production was unbelievable, but the production was just like, how the fuck has he made this? And Skrillex was the same, where like, he took a genre that came very organically from dub reggae and drum and bass and turned it into did did the dead mouse on it and turned it into this sonically insane genre mm. and like still to the level of how he he produces as a as an as a person like a lot of people are like i don't know how the fuck he does that <laughs> i know it's wicked isn't it i love that i love that fact. like yeah sunny is like something else yeah like he really is he's like his production is insane. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it is. But what? So you, you think that that like in like that was kind of but those two individually or together or whatever. Like, you think those two kind of what's the word inspired? I guess or kind of like pushed people to get better production. You think? I think across, so. any, across any genre or just within I that th- kind of a sound. I think within like electronic music, personally, like I think that was the era where. YouTube was coming up. Yeah, people, that's true. People could kind of show, like, Ableton came was a re- like getting popular then. Like, everything was everyone was on laptops. Everything was just a lot more portable, a lot more cheaper. Like it, it, it didn't you didn't need. Yeah. I know we were before that we were still on computers and stuff, but it just felt like that was the era where like CDJs came in. Like mm. everything came a lot became a lot more digital and a lot more accessible. Um, mm. which then made it easier to learn how to produce records. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's, um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, it's, this was, do you also feel like, uh, um, do you also feel like you can go back through your, your, your your records, and I don't mean just I don't mean yours. I mean like you know stuff that you brought to DJ yeah. with or whatever. And you can go back and you can you, like. Well, I don't know about you, but I I can't remember every record. I'm not I'm not like super detailed about all of it, but I I can like let's say I I, I still have everything like on my iTunes or whatever. Yeah. So I always have what I've used to organize my playlists and whatnot and what I'm gonna 
uh, play out. I could jump back to like, you know, blindly jump back to a track or if it's on shuffle or something. And I can pretty much guess the year, but only because of the production of like the yeah. drums or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the production of the drums are the, are the thing that seems to most specifically seems to get better and better as it, as time's gone on due yeah. to, I guess, technology and people learning what to do, and, yeah, yeah. I guess, or something. Yeah. Are you feel the same way? Yeah, I think totally until we get to like now when i think it's actually going back a little bit because people are referencing old 90s records yeah totally so it's yeah, like it's true. i think to 100 agree with you um and i think that's this is the really interesting thing go like kind of full circle going back to the dirty bird thing mm. is and i think at that point in when Dirty Bird was really popular in Europe, like they were doing, the production level was very high. 100%. It's so crisp, yeah. so fat, so and like punchy. And... and it's like, how can you make a bass line pop through that well? <laughs> and no one else was doing it. And I think that's yeah. the thing is like what these guys were doing, they were actually taking like hip hop and drum and bass and going, let's turn it into club records, let's turn it into house. Yeah. And that wasn't done before, which yeah. makes sense why it was such a standout genre mm. of like, and it would take all the influences. And it's similar to what's happening now is like, you hear all these 90s records, 90s sounding records, old rave records that like, realistically, the, the, the punters of today that are going to venues have never heard the originals because mm. they're like in their twenties mm. and they were born in the two thousands, yeah. which they didn't ever grow up with that, that 90s stuff. So it's like yeah. now it's being recreated. It's, it's really interesting. It's really but interesting. They're loving, but they're loving it, which is what speaks pretty high volumes, doesn't it? If you think about it, Massive. like they're not, they're not on the dance floor going, Oh, hang on. This sounds a bit dated. They're kind of like, this is the energy that the, yeah. the drive in this is like, you know, everything about it is just like, cause it, cause again, it speaks to like all of us really, or anyone who likes music at least have like a raw rhythm, sense of rhythm mm -hmm. inside us, you know, like everyone has rhythm heartbeat alone, you know, like we, we're used to rhythm in our life, etc. So you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for simplicity and just like going back to something that's a bit more kind of like roots. And I, again, I'm not, you know, that kind of is like the opposite of what I do. <laughs> I'm kind yeah, of like yeah. as technical and extreme as possible, but that's just me. I'm not, I'm, I don't write music thinking mine's the, the best and the ultimate. I'm just offering an alternative. You know, I, I kind of want all, I want all sounds and genres to coexist and, and everyone to be able to have choice and, and hopefully everyone to be diverse enough to listen to all of it, you know, it'd be really nice. But, um, instead of thinking one, one rules the other, but, um, but I, that raw kind of like sound is just, you know, I don't think you can, I don't think anyone can argue with it when you hear that, no. you know, in a club, it's just kind of like this wicked, like, Oh, you know, simple stripped down, you know, got, got all the elements you need, off you go. <laughs> Get straight, straight to it. There's no, like, I think because there's zero thinking about it, you don't need to think about anything. Like, no. you know when this is going to happen, you know when this, that's going to happen, and fucking massive kick drum. What more do we yeah. Like a hoover sound. Like, what more do we need? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, you're, you're right. You're right. And, it's, and, and again, that's, that's, like, so much to do with... Uh, 
uh, again, like, you know, with the people like when I do consultation or whatever, like, I, I speak to people about, like, again, when you think about putting things in sounds and I, tell, I talk to them about effects, and, like, what are effects? Like, they're, they're, most of the time, their main job is a, just, is a signal to signify something that's about to happen or something that's happened yeah. or, to, or to amplify something, you know, like a crash. It's yeah. like, oh, we're at the beginning of something new or a reverse whoosh sound or whatever, yeah. you know, like a transition. Like, we, it, oh, something's happening. It's to build this event, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, like a, a Hoover sound is a big signal of like, yeah, here we go. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah. like this kind of like it's a, it's a it's an effects button to make you think, oh shit, something's happening. You're like yeah. wicked, you know. It's like so yeah, like the, the, that stripped back kind of like simple kind of like just only the bare essentials. You know, there's, there's, you can't. Mm. I don't think you can match that. And and I think that's kind of like what I actually really love about like some really hard like techno sort of stuff it's i can't listen to it for too long but that you can't match the energy right. yeah there's just it's just again it's that raw kind of like just pounding relentless you love it absolutely love it like it's great you know it's, and it's great for a moment it's great when you're at at that point in the venue when you want it and, it, and exactly. like, this is exactly what it's made for it's not made like we said it's not made for doing the dishes maybe some people like it maybe like, some people yeah but for the most part <laughs> i'd like to think most people don't <laughs> um, but yeah it's and and i think that's the thing i love about what we're what we do is we're so fortunate that there's so many different genres it's not like it's not hip-hop it's not pop it's like there's no parameters really we can do what we want if you're mm. willing to kind of push the parameters and you're willing to kind of just stay at it and just run the course because eventually people will will, will catch on to it exactly. and eventually if you're making good music exactly yeah exactly I, and i definitely agree with that i think pushing and i, I I've, I've said this for years and i still think it's true correct me if i'm wrong but i still think dance music is still the or electronic music is, is still the most current and modern genre of music that there is yeah you know let's be honest like rock as had its thing yeah i i'm not saying it's dead or anything it's definitely not dead i don't think it ever will be dead but it is it it can't reinvent itself anymore mm-hmm. whereas electronic music seems to find ways that it can yeah. due to the obvious fact that it's based around technology and technology yeah, yeah. is you know ever advancing sort of a thing so I, I do think that thinking about you know pushing towards the future i mean i mean like it's ridiculous to think that daft punk still <laughs> Like no one ever has sounded like them since, yeah. no one ever will. And they were so futuristic. Yeah. You know, everything about them was aliens from you know from another planet, and with we are the from, we are the future or whatever. You know, complete visionary sort of way of thinking about electronic music, and I love that kind of an idea. I'm, I'm not saying everyone should. Well, it'd be cool if everyone tried to be as pioneering as Daft Punk, but at least I do think. To, I think pushing, I think pushing electronic music forward is a really good thing, and I think it comes from like what you said, like fusing sounds and things together creates that. Yeah. I think it kind of you you start to find different avenues and sounds and channels to sort of to try something to try something new, you know, to try and 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 again going back to what we were saying, if most especially if you're trying to fuse something that you feel really strongly about M- music that you grew up with or your 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 culture or your heritage is it's wicked because that's just genuinely you and you're trying something new or different yeah 
And a lot of people always think, oh, it's all been done before. But I, I disagree. Like, I think you haven't been done before. Like, I'm, I'm someone new. I'm someone who is going to say something. I'm not expecting it to change the world. It might do, but probably not. But you, you, I, I might change something, you know. So it's worth it's worth trying. And I think that's when you get really interesting original music is because yeah. you're trying to trying to keep it, um, try, just trying to, trying to do something, you know. Do you think Daft Punk thought they were revolutionary when they were making the records? I don't know. It's, it's such a good question. I, I really don't know. Um, you, you would not have any ill feelings towards them if they did because they were. <laughs> I don't know if they thought that. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they had... I really don't know. I don't know if they, you know, even if they did, even if they did, I, I doubt it would have been any level of arrogance. I think it just would have been like, wow, we've really done something. We've really done something. Mm. Yeah, is what I'd imagine. But again, they were, they were just, I mean, it's just to try and simplify because it's way more than this, but they were just, they just had records from their parents, if I remember rightly, that they were just sampling and that's what mm. they were they were twisting into this incredible stuff with with new technology. Um, they were doing it obviously way better than anyone else, in my opinion. But um, it was still them again drawing upon something that they grew up with. It was yeah. just like they they just and that spoke so much to me. That's the reason why I'm here is because of Daft Punk. Like I, yeah. I did, I got into electronic music because of them, and um, and it was exactly the same to me. That the records that I could hear them. I recognised when I was listening to those albums. I recognised those samples because I grew yeah. up with them as well. So it it totally changed my perspective on what music can be. I, did, I didn't even know what sample was when I heard them. I had zero idea. I was like, how what, how do they how do you even do this? You know, <laughs> I had no idea. I literally had no idea. Yeah. I just asked my friend. Like, I went to a music college in Kent, and uh, it was my friend my best friend Tom who played it to me and uh, yeah, changed my, changed my life. And everything. I, I think I might have heard one more time on the radio. So I'd heard that sort of thing, but then he, then he probably, he played me the whole discovery album and, um, and it was just, uh, yeah, it was hearing those samples and everything. And I was like, I had no idea what it was. I was there because I was a guitar player and I wanted to learn audio engineering and everything, which is equally great, but it was dance music that, you know, changed it, changed it. Yeah. Completely changed it. And so I, I just, I, yeah, I had to say to him, what, like, how is that happening? He's like, yeah, they're using samplers on a keyboard. I was like, what's a sampler? You know, like, just, <laughs> I, had, I had no idea. It was a so yeah. different world to me. You know, I was listening to, I was just guitars and bands and everything. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's kind of similar to me. Like, after hearing that, I was like, wow, I can, and I, you know, and then again, like, you know, call on me or whatever. It was like yeah. sampling, you know, not that I particularly liked that sort of record too much but it was it was just hearing that kind of you know and the, the, all of the french house stuff all the sampling sort of stuff really spoke to me because again i was like oh i can actually bring what i grew up with into something that's very new and interesting sort of a thing and, yeah. and i think I, I think i still take that with me now I, I i like the when i write music i like the idea of fusing different sounds together to create something that i alone would probably never be able to do mm. if if i was if i was just to purely use in you know like yeah yeah totally pure creation you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. I, think, um, I always like to 
Yeah, I was, that's why I like samples so much is because it, it, it puts me into a different place as if I was another artist, yeah. as if I was someone else. Yeah. And that's enough for me to be like, oh, that's so cool. Like, okay, mm-hmm. now, I, now I know what to do like, around yeah. that or something, you know, so... Did you ever like? Do you think like that? Like in any way? Sam- samples, or I generally nowadays have to write with a with something. So with a vocal or yes. something. But it generally for me is generally a vocal, and it's like okay, I love this record. Like, do I either recreate the record using a different vocalist and go kind of writing a whole new song, or do I just use that sample and go, fuck it, let's write a record around this sample? Like, it's. I I struggle to just go in the studio and just like write for the sake of writing now. I I think I've kind of gone past that because I'm not trying to write just strictly club records. I'm trying to write something that maybe lasts a bit longer and isn't just made for clubs. Totally. So it changes it up. Yeah. I think it's important, to be honest. Like, well, but we've been through it. Like, uh, what I'm saying is I'm the same as you. Like, I'd yeah. just go in just for the sake of it. But I think we've been through it. Like, we, we know what it's like. And I think you have to go through it. I think you have to go through it just right for the sake of it because... It's the, um, process. It's the process of being a producer. And yeah. It's like, okay, I want to write a bunch of records for my DJ sets or for other DJs yeah. to play. Or I want associations. I want to be on this record label. I want to be on that record label. So I need to write something that fits on there. It's the whole part. It's the whole process of becoming a DJ producer, I think nowadays, I don't think it's about necessarily being an artist. Cause I don't, I don't know if pop, pop acts or like singer songwriters think like that. I don't know. Maybe they do, but I'm like, it doesn't feel like there's labels and I, I'm massively naive to that side of the industry as well. But like, it doesn't feel like oh, I want to be on this label cause it's going to make my career. It's like, it feels like for them, it's like, I want to make the best song so that people can connect to it. Whereas in our industry, it's like, I need to get gigs. So, I need to sign to this record label. I need to sign to that record mm. label or whatever. Um, it's very, very, it's very rare. Someone comes out with a record that absolutely pops off. That isn't on a record label of some influence in dance music. Yeah, you're right. hundred percent right. Well, at least I can't think of one. There might no. have been, but not one that springs to mind. It's not, it's not common, is it? Well, even like For the sure. Daft Punk stuff, like, that the label that it came out it, a lot of it's on Ed, Ed Banger, wasn't it? And then was signed to a major straight after that, right? Was it Ed Banger? Was it Ed Banger? I didn't think Ed Banger existed back then. Was it Ed Banger? No, it, no, wasn't, it wasn't. Um, I'm thinking about Justice. Yeah, you're thinking about Justice. Yeah, um, exactly. No, it was. Um, I thought the first wasn't the first thing just on Virgin. I thought. Yeah. I think, but they, and they had a single before, which probably, oh, I'm trying to remember what it was. I'm Googling it now because I have Daft Punk first album label. Um, It was probably a French label of a subsidiary, like kind of a subsidiary of Virgin. Virgin Records. Yeah, just Virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, like, and this is, the people are going to hate me for saying this, but if that record came out on an independent record label, oh yeah, that music would not be heard today. No, like hundred percent. And and I think that's the wild thing about our industry as well is that how much good music is actually getting lost. 
mm-hmm. because you can't shout, especially nowadays. Oh yeah, because you can't shout about it loud enough because you're just in amongst it. Because everyone's shouting loud enough about everything, <laughs> and and the people that are shouting, like let's use major labels for example, or even defected, or like where realistically there's a major record label, like mm. Tool Room, like all these big labels that are they say they're independent but they're they're majors really yeah because they're relatively yeah for they're, sure they're, exactly they're distributed by major distributors etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. like they have teams of 30 40 people like that's yeah. that's a major record label it's not an independent record mm. label like because they have the influence the music that they're pushing outweighs anything that's coming out on an indie yeah which 100% I don't know how I feel about because it's just the way the industry is so I, there's, no, is, there's no way yeah. to complain about it because there's nothing you can do about it to change it's a, it's such a strange kind of a industry isn't it yeah that you think like yeah. just that kind of structure like you know even just going back to what you said about like wanting to get gigs you have to associate yourself with you know on some level it's super cool because you're kind of like wicked if I get in with that crew yeah I've actually got a higher chance and it's true you know if you get in with that crew it's because you've gotten in for a reason because your music's good enough and yeah. therefore you're probably similar enough that you should be probably playing shows with them or yeah. you know remixing some of them and then you know whatever like so it, it kind of makes sense but yeah there's no other kind of world that kind of maybe no i don't think so no, i don't think there's anything else it's weird not not on that level not on, our, not on this kind of level for sure like yeah, it's, it's really weird it's, I, I think it can like also it it can it can stop creativity though yeah because i think it goes back to that what we're saying is like i have to fit in with the sound it's like what if like it happened to me massively right at the beginning of my career before i signed to dirty bird i did a record on worthy's label actually mm-hmm. and like it was like my first successful record that actually kind of like put me on the map a little bit and Jamie was playing it, Eats Everything was playing it, except like everyone was playing it. And I was like, damn, Jamie Jones is playing my records. I need to now make Hot Creation records. This record was not a Hot Creation record. It was like <laughs> completely the opposite from a Hot Creations record. Yeah. But like my way, I was like, I need to sign a record on Hot Creations. Jamie asked for me for an EP on Hot Creation. And I was like, fuck it, let's go and write it. And I couldn't. I just yeah. couldn't write it. And I I quit music for like six months after because I was just like so in my head about trying to fit in with certain people's genres. And I, rather than actually going, what was the thing that got me there was actually me just being myself and writing records that I love. Uh, if, you, if you did manage to write a record and... and uh, and Jamie sign it like would you do you think you would look back at that and be pissed off <sighs> who knows I, I know yeah it's a bit who of a because I, I think like realistically it's, I could say the same about Dirty Bird I could say the same about mm. everything realistically right now for me as an artist is like my most authentic time like I'm tr- I'm not trying to sign to an artist I'm not trying to be I'm trying to release my records on my label. I'm trying to make music that's Will Clark records. So like realistically, if I was being a dick about everything, 
I'd be like, fuck everybody else from what I did in the past. But mm. realistically, the past got me to where I'm at now. Yeah. Well I, well, I guess a different way to phrase that, maybe it's the same answer, but like if you, say if you wrote something that was very hot creation-y at that time, that sort of a sound, just that, let's say just that, you yeah. just did one, uh, and it wasn't something that you're proud of, just let's say, I'm just saying, yeah. just, just if it was like something like that, would you look back at it and be, but maybe it helped you in your career, mm. would you still look, would you go back and be like, oh, I wish I didn't do that, regardless of the kind of like, I don't think so. There's like, no. there's one record that I released on Defected that I regret. Mm. Realistically, one record I fully regret in my whole career. And mm. if Defected didn't do the Defected way of of owning, okay, yeah. of owning records, it would be down, taken down and I'd get rid of it. But yeah, I would, that's the one record that I literally cannot stand. Mm. And I won't tell anyone what it is because they're going to listen to it. <laughs> what about you? I've got loads of hate. Really? <laughs> I've got loads. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely loads. But what was I that? Think... Was that are those records you hate because of the, the time of when you released it or because of it's not who you are now or because it's part of a time when you weren't being yourself? I think all of the above, but yeah. in different, yeah, for different reasons. Um, it was, uh, the, I, I think it was more some of the, re I think some of the, well, early on, it basically was some of the remixes I did. I did it for money because I needed money. Yeah. Uh, other things were just kind of, uh, other releases were like I did because I had, I had tracks floating around and I thought they were all right. And I just, I was just being a bit too like whatever about them. Yeah. So I kind of released them and I listen back and I'm like, oh God, they're awful. Like yeah. they're just shockingly bad. Like I don't even know why I release it. Um, but again, you know, I wanted to keep momentum up of, of like, you know, release schedules and stuff. So you kind of just release stuff just for the sake of it, I guess. And so, yeah, I guess that kind of a stuff. Um, yeah. And also because, yeah, I think there was a, there was a time when I really fell out of love with what I was doing and kind of like, I guess uh, the dance music scene in in general. I was kind of fell fell out of love with it for yeah. a while, and so I was just doing stuff by the numbers. I think so. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just quite apparent that I, or it's quite obvious now to me why why I don't like them because mm. it just weren't very good. You know, it just wasn't really something that's coming from a genuine place again. So that's the same thing we keep talking about. I think so. Have you had a record where it's been very successful where? And now you don't like it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, but recently though, or is that? No, not recently. Yeah. Not like. Uh, so there's a track. I mean, I don't mind talking about this. I, I I joke about this a lot. Actually, it's not. It's not like I. It's not like I hate it. There's a track called "Old Sunshine." I don't know if you. Okay, no, if I you ever heard that. One. It was yeah. on. It was on Get Physical. Quite quite a while ago, actually. I don't, know, I don't remember what year that was. Terrible, I probably have heard it, just don't know the name. You, the yeah, it was, it was quite a big track, actually. You might you might have heard it. It, was, it probably was like, I don't know, like two or three years after the Dirty Bird kind okay. of like period, yeah. maybe a bit longer. I'm not, I, I can't quite remember, to be honest. But um, 
Sebastian Leger once still plays it now every now and then. Like, Wanker. And, and, but, so, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. He, he still, like, he like he played it recently, um, what was it, like, two years ago in um, uh, in New York at the, you know, the Mirage, the yeah, yeah. City Fox venue. Played it there on an all-day dream event when he closed close out sort of a thing and like obviously that you had, you had so many people going oh, well, what's this what's this new track and you know a lot of people did most people probably didn't even know it you know, yeah. they didn't know it's like an old one for me so um but the, the crowd reaction just goes great but i it just it wasn't a track that i was ever too particularly happy with and even when i look at this and back to it it's a little bit like oh yeah like there whatever <laughs> but um but but again and then again I was, I did a gig with Seb recently at, and I can't remember where it was Denver I think and he played it there and it, the crowd just went insane you know it worked and and I was standing there going I, I get it I get it but I just you know I just can't there's just that obvious connection that I kind of have to it that I'm just not I'm just not into it also there, there was another one just to quickly answer like the um, I did a remix of and this is a completely different situation did a remix of. Uh, like a Paul McCartney record, but mm. it was actually like a remix of a remix. Like mm. a, there was a Paul McCartney track, and I, I can't remember how it all got branded, but it was like Paul McCartney versus uh, Timo Mars and James Teach. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, I think it's like, is it 1985? I think the name of the track. Yeah. And I remixed them, their version of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I kind of just remixed the original because yeah. I just took the original samples and just did a Paul McCartney remix. Um, the remix, I like but i can't listen to it and i can't play it because i spent like i killed myself trying to <laughs> finish it and make it perfect yeah that i'm just like, every time i'm here i'm like you know like my heart skips to beat and i'm like oh god i can't i can't you know it's just like <laughs> I, I literally cannot listen to it and i like, please i you know they're, they're, i've been i've been in rooms where like the dj before has played it or something or i've, I've heard it and i've been like, i gotta leave i've got to leave I'm just like you know i'm starting to get the sweats and stuff i'm like oh god don't take me back to that, that place you know it's like, I, ptsd I ptsd yeah, 100%, yeah. like i've got a few records like that where i really killed myself just to just to get it what was in my mind to, yeah. to make that record uh, so it's not that I dislike that Paul McCartney thing. I just literally, I can never listen to it ever again. Yeah. I, I just can't. I, I, I think I've never played it out. Actually, wow. I think I've never played it out, and it's and it did really well. Obviously, you know, it's like quite a big, big bunch of names to be associated with. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah. But I just, I literally can't listen to that record at all. It just kills me. So um, <laughs> I might have played it once. No, maybe I didn't even. Play it. I don't know. I don't know. But I just. Yeah, Ugh. I can't, can't even think about it. So it's, yeah, different different reasons sort of thing. But, yeah, makes sense. But the old, makes yeah, sense. yeah. The old Sunshine one, like, I, I don't mind it. I get it, but I just don't like it. Mm. I just, and it's it's like this, yeah, I just, that's the way it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, all I good. Mate, let's, uh, we've just done an hour and 45 minutes. Um, nice. Yeah, let's wrap that up. Thank you so totally. much for coming on. Uh, how can Man, people, thank you. How can people follow you? How can people keep in touch? All of that. Yeah, Instagram is probably my best sort of way. Like people should follow me on there because that's that's where I'm most active. Uh, Facebook as well, if you want. Um, SoundCloud, please follow me on there. All, everything's, I think, pretty much under Tim Green Music. Nice. You should be able to find me pretty easily. Um, just had a new release on All Day Dream called Eastbound Silhouette. It's kind of like a mini album, six tracks. Nice. Uh, everybody should go and, yeah, if you want to hear, if people don't know me, go and check that out because that's kind of like a really nice representation of 
the music I'm doing now, like a mixture between, as I said earlier, like uh, dance floor, yet very musical. It may not be for everyone, but it's one into the moment nice amazing <laughs> yeah dude great to talk um, you too Will. i don't Thank think we've so actually i don't think we've actually met have we met in real life i was trying to so i was trying to think about that and i was like uh, i i didn't think so but then where was i thinking that we might have met i wondered did we did we ever meet at, uh the um the david show in in london years ago at that yeah. place i'm trying to remember the name of it I didn't ever go to a Dirty Bird show. Oh, you didn't? Oh, no, then we didn't then. No. no, we didn't. I just wondered if we did. Yeah, that was, that was my, like, if it was a Dirty Bird show or, like, just in Walking. But, yeah, mate, great to meet you. Um, you too, man. Keep it up. Thank you so much. Keep in touch. Yeah, Peace. cheers, dude. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Thanks Bye. so much, mate. Cheers. And that's a wrap. Big love to Tim for coming on. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Please review it. Please share it. Keep safe. Till next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.